most people don't know that you know keeping the phone on their body is actually never what they were intended so anytime my phone is near me it's on airplane mode using airplane mode is a great tool Um, all of your all the different antennas in your phone so your wi-fi has an antenna your cellular has an antenna bluetooth all of these are admitting emfs Um, so turning those off if they're not in use so if you're not using your bluetooth just click that off Um, putting your phone in airplane mode if you're going to be putting in your pockets things like that cell phones smart tvs and wireless internet have become a staple in our modern world We all benefit from them, but aren't always aware of the detrimental effects that electromagnetic frequencies, or EMFs, can have on our health. We are excited to welcome back to the podcast one of our amazing physician assistants, E.J. Meany, to discuss EMFs and what you need to know about how they can contribute to anxiety, depression, sleep interruption, fatigue, immune suppression, and much more. E.J. practices integrative primary care and functional medicine in our clinic at Capital Integrative Health supporting our patients in addressing conditions including fatigue, hormone imbalance, detoxification, gut health, and much more. I am Dr. Andrew Wong, co-founder of Capital Integrative Health. This is a podcast dedicated to transforming the consciousness around what it means to be healthy and understanding the root causes of both disease and wellness. Please enjoy this conversation with EJ about how EMFs affect us and what we can do to limit our exposure to them. Welcome, EJ, to the podcast again. Thank you. It's great to be back. Yes. uh, This is your your second round of, Mm -hmm. of, uh, we talked about chronic fatigue or fatigue last time. I think that was really helpful for a lot of people. So we should talk today, I think, about EMFs, which is um, the invisible toxin. Yeah. And even we can talk about tying that into your, your first podcast episode about how how sometimes people with fatigue, you know, one of the root causes of fatigue for them might be even chronic EMF exposure. We, we should we should maybe de- delve into that if we want to yeah. get into the rabbit holes there. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> so let's talk basic real quick. Um, EJ, what are EMFs? Uh, what are the primary sources of, of EMFs? Yeah, absolutely. So EMFs are electromagnetic frequencies. Um, These are all around us. They are natural in nature. Um, The the earth naturally produces EMFs. The sun produces EMFs. But then there are also man-made EMFs. So sources of these that we think about are things that we use every day. Our phones, our computers, Wi-Fi routers, smart meters on our homes, tablets. Um, So really a wide variety there. Um, EMFs are an interesting kind of spectrum, so just wanted to clarify that up front. So there's two different categories that we think about, um, ionizing radiation and non-ionizing radiation. So your ionizing radiation is going to be what we think about traditionally with like x-rays. And we know that there is the potential for DNA damage, which is why when you go in for any of those procedures, they always cover you up. Um, With non-ionizing radiation, and that's the spectrum that we're talking about today with EMFs with cell phones and Wi-Fi, it works a little bit differently in that the the exposure itself doesn't directly break covalent bonds to damage DNA, but through other mechanisms, there is DNA damage that does occur. What kind of mechanisms would non-ionizing radiation, um, you know, I guess have in order to affect our, our cellular health? Yeah, so one of the biggest biggest mechanisms that's discussed is actually related to calcium channels. So specifically with voltage-gated cha- calcium channels, the EMFs can stimulate these channels to open, which can cause an influx of calcium into the cells, increasing the amount of free radicals. Um, and there's one in particular, peroxynitrate, that can be really damaging. 
um, to proteins, to our mitochondria, um, to the cell membranes, which we know that are really important for the integrity of the cells, um, and in turn can increase a lot of inflammation. The other thing with these specific type of free radicals is that they last a really long time. So they're harder to get rid of, say, than other free radicals that we think about. How long do they last for approximately, do you think? Yeah, so I, one study I read in comparison said a billion times longer, which I was like, that is just a long time. Um, but yeah, they can often last a lifetime, potentially. I see. Um, so there's probably ways to mitigate, which we can we can talk about, yeah. including avoidance of EMS, Absolutely, but also, yeah. also maybe other ways to mitigate and increase the health of our mitochondria, cell membranes, et cetera. Um, so what are the... Uh, so you said primary sources of EMFs really um, are, are a lot of things we use every day. I almost was, when you were saying that, I was kind of like, we're kind of dependent on these yeah. different, different things. We are, uh, yeah. yeah. Um, and I think the big thing with this topic is to that we love our technology, and it's just learning to work with it in a way that's safe, and there are ways to do that, and it's just becoming educated about it. Sure, great. Yeah. Well, let's <laughs> dive in today and get educated on that. So we talked about how EMF exposure impacts at a molecular level the cell membrane, the mitochondria. It may increase you know, influx of, of calcium into the cell through that calcium channel, like you were saying, generating these long-lasting free radicals. What kind of symptoms would people maybe expect or, or think about you know, when they're thinking about this invisible toxin of electromagnetic frequencies, and if they're exposed to it for a, a chronic amount of time, what kind of symptoms what, what people or could people see. Yeah, so it's definitely on a spectrum. I think that this is the hardest area to d discuss with people because it's something that we can't see. We can't hear it. We can't physically, you know, connect with we it. We can't smell it. No, <laughs> no. So it's, it's really challenging to figure out, but the research has become very clear in a couple of different areas. Um, so just kind of across the board, there are some things that I think about. Fatigue, definitely, which we talked about last time. Um, tinnitus is another big one, so another symptom heart palpitations or arrhythmias. And then from there, um, things like insomnia, um, development of specific types of cancer, um, and fertility is another big area of research um, with EMF exposure. That's a, that's a huge bucket. Yes, list. it yeah. is. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, and there is, you know, a lot of cool research going on um, out there. I think especially the Cleveland Clinic has done a lot of research with fertility, which I think is such a huge topic because mm -hmm. especially in the clinic here, we see a lot of patients who struggle. Um, and they did studies with especially um, sperm in relation to sperm. Ask that, yeah. yeah. Um, so I remember reading this New York Times article a while back that said if we continue on the current trajectory with sperm counts decreasing, by 2050, we could be almost to zero. Which is terrifying. Basically, to think making about. yourself extinct. Yeah. Yes. With, with yeah. That kind of. Um, so the Cleveland Clinic did this study looking at, you know, how does EMFs impact sperm, and what they found is it, it impacts their um, decreases their motility, and decreases the amount that are present. Wow. Yeah. Wow. That's really. Uh, that's really crazy. What about what about sort of egg quality? Is there any any evidence on that as well? Yeah, there is some. So with a lot of, um, especially with women, they talk a lot about. Um, in um, in utero, um, so when women are pregnant, how do you decrease exposures? I've seen a lot more research there, um, but definitely, you know, it's a big topic with fertility. Teaching people, you know, taking the phone away from your body, things like that, which we can talk about more. I'm curious about sort of like other 
other things where people are holding up the cell phone to their head or, or like a lot at the computer? What about like headaches, eye strain, those type of things? Yeah, absolutely. So those can be in twofold, one from just the blue light coming off of the screen, um, but also, again, these frequencies that are coming out, um, you know, decreasing mitochondrial function. We think of mitochondria as that energy source for our body, energy powerhouse of the cell. So without that, we're going to struggle with energy, eye strain especially, yeah, mm -hmm, as mm -hmm. part of that. So let's talk about regulation of this toxin, since we know that it's a toxin that has likely health consequences. How are EMFs regulated? Are there any safety standard standards for EMFs? Yeah. So I think this is one of the most frustrating areas when I learned about this. I was a little bit in shock. So the FCC currently um, regulates EMFs and the safety studies that they're basing off of are actually done in 19, uh, 1996. Okay. So a little they're while pretty ago. old. Yep. <laughs> yeah. um, and the metric that they use is called SAR or specific absorption rate. So if you look at any of your devices, they should have a measurement on there. Um, but the way that they came up with, you know, their metrics for this was using um, a guy called Sam, which is measured actually, it was a head that actually measured um, thermal energy coming through the skull. The problem that I have with this research, it was done um, based on the head of a 6'2", 220-pound male. Yeah. So when we look now at EMFs in our environment, the kids who are exposed to this, um, women, it doesn't really account for a really large percentage of the population. That's using it, right? And kids mm -hmm. are using these, you know, different devices with EMFs at younger and younger ages. Yeah. yeah. Yep. And kids is definitely a huge question because we think about, you know, early, even early in my lifetime, I didn't have these types of technologies now. Right. And now kids are being exposed to them starting in utero. Um, yeah. from birth on through the rest of their life. So it's really import important teaching kids early on how to use these devices properly. So my understanding about SAR is that the as the distance decreases from, say, the, the EMF device to your head, there's more exposure, and as it increases, then, then there's less exposure. So mm -hmm. there's some sort of distance and EMF yeah. exposure uh, relationship there. Yeah, yeah. distance yeah. is really important. What's really interesting, too, is a lot of the studies with laptops and tablets, um, even phones, they're conducted at a, a distance away from the body, so somewhere between six to eight inches. Oh, wow. So that's already taking that into account, which a lot of people don't, don't yeah, do. Yeah, really. which most yeah. people don't know. I mm -hmm. mean, laptop, mm -hmm. it sounds like it should sit on your lap, um, yeah. you know. Yeah. Um, most people are holding the phone directly to their head, which um, can cause a lot of issues. And I think there's there's maybe ways to mitigate EMFs, but uh, let's let's kind of go into a little bit more about about sort of um, you know our exposure overall. It sounds like you know we're all exposed to that living in a world with Wi-Fi, you know, living in a world with a lot of computers and you know, tablets. Everything's electronic now. Mm -hmm. um, I believe there's. Um, I, I forget now, but there's some, there's some, uh, like when you go on the toll roads and stuff, they're like going to replace everything with electronics, right? So everything's mm -hmm. computer-based now and, you know, yes. not as much, you know, paper-based, et cetera. Um, what, what can we do to mitigate our exposure to EMFs? Um, how, how also, I think another sort of related question, we can answer these separately, but how significant are these exposures? Uh, are, are everyone affected? you know, is everyone affected or are there certain people affected more like a canary in a coal mine situation mm -hmm. where some people are more sensitive to toxins? Yeah, absolutely. So 
this goes back to kind of the total toxic load overall. So we know that EMFs are one piece of the puzzle. Um, so for each individual person, it's going to be different based on your genetics. What other environmental exposures do you have to maybe mold, heavy metals? What's your nutrition like? Um, what's your sleep like? All of those things are going to play into how these potentially will impact you. Um, there is, you know, a spectrum. There is actually a diagnosable um, disorder to sensitivity to EMS. Um, it's called the EHS, or an electromagnetic hypersensitivity syndrome. Okay. Um, so there is a portion of the population, like you said, the canaries in the coal mines that absolutely cannot tolerate this and actually have to live in areas where there is not as much exposure or potentially, you know, using their home as a safe space. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And they experience a lot of the symptoms that I mentioned, you know, fatigue, tinnitus, um, a lot of insomnia and issues there. So it can be really hard to identify because there's a lot of overlap with other disorders. And that's not a large percentage, but I wonder if that's also underdiagnosed, you know. It could be, definitely. Yeah. I also wonder with those patients, you know, what, what else is going on? Right. Have they been worked right. up for other underlying issues? Well? So there may be a lot of different toxins that are kind of adding up and contributing to that total toxic load. Like exactly. Well, if we think of the mechanism of action related to just the impacting the integrity of the cell membrane, of the cell itself, the more things that are taking hits on that cell membrane, mm-hmm. the worse outcomes you're going to see. So let's talk about some, some I think, uh, juicy topics about EMFs, um, because we know that EMFs, you know, contribute to, you know, health issues and can really, you know, damage the membrane. But if someone's listening, they might be like, well, you know, I use my cell phone and I use my computer and I'm at my, you know, workstation for eight hours a day and I, I feel okay. You know, mm-hmm. I feel decent. You know, maybe there's some insomnia, maybe there's some fatigue, but nothing too chronic for, for a lot of people. Um, are, are there any sort of long-term, you said there's some long-term potential association between EMFs and even things like, you know, cancer or other chronic issues. Um, uh, how concerned should people be about, about that? Yeah, so yeah. It's, it's hard because these things can happen over a long span of time. It can take cancer 20 to 30 mm-hmm. years Decades, to even develop. Right, exactly. Right. Um, so I think, you know, with anything, I tell people, educate yourself, but there's no reason that we need to be scared. But I think definitely understanding more of the research that's coming out and talking with our policymakers who are making these decisions, not necessarily maybe knowing the full depth of the research that's out there. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. It's definitely really important. There is one study that was done by the next National Toxicology Program. Um, I think it came out in 2016. And it was meant to replicate more of the lifespan a little bit more. And in this study, it was done with actually 2G technology. So we've kind of moved past that. And that's the other issue with a lot of these studies is we're seeing a lot, you know, talking about 5G rollout, but our studies are still really in the past here. We don't have updated studies to look at this. So, um, but in the study, they found, you know, with increased EMF exposure, increased incidence of specifically two types of cancer. So one glioma was in the brain and schwannomas of the heart. Okay. So both, you know, fairly rare, but we have seen an increased incidence in gliomas. Sure, sure. Um, so it's definitely the more you mitigate it, the more that you mitigate those risks. Yeah, yeah, you know, that, that makes a lot of those sense. Decrease risks, yeah. So just to go back to something you just said, so it sounds like a lot of the early studies were done 
A about 30 years ago, mm-hmm. B on a 6'2", 200-pound male yeah. and, and, and a 2G environment, correct? Yeah. So, so we're, we're like way behind on that. What's the difference between 2G versus 3, 4, 5G? Yeah, yeah. So I'm not an expert in, you know, potentially the different technologies out there, but um, basically it's the amount of power that those give off, especially 5G is going to be much different. Mm -hmm. Um, It uses millimeter wavelengths, which requires more cell towers. So right now you, you know, often see cell towers close to interstates, things like that, but these would be required more in residential areas. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I know there there was some petition to stop the cell phone towers near near our neighborhood. Mm -hmm. Yes. In Rockville, you know. Yeah. So just, and those petitions are asking for just a certain number of space, amount of space, whether it's 30 feet, 60 feet, whatever it may be. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And then are there any um, sort of links between EMFs and heart disease or or vascular disease? I'm I'm wondering because we we just had a a, a session with our friend and colleague, Liz Reese, who does heart math. Yeah. And I think we know that EMFs can contribute to the imbalance in the autonomic nervous system, right? Basically, it kind of can make us stressed. Yes. Right. Stress, we know, is the root cause of a lot of disease. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I know there's this one picture that I came across that I thought was really interesting. It was... um, the uh, I think the inauguration of the Pope or something yeah. like that, and they showed pictures twenty years apart. And in the first picture, everyone was standing there watching, and in the second picture, it was just a bunch of phones. Oh. And oh. I thought that that was so interesting. Um, you mean they were watching him get inaugurated, but they were just like taping taking him? pictures oh, and yeah. ta- stuff like that. Wow. And I think it brought me to this question of you know our ability to be present. Yeah in life totally is a good point. which comes back to the whole autonomic nervous system because i think our lives have sped up dramatically i think that anyone at one moment can feel that way there is so much information coming at me at one point in time that how do i slow slow things down i think there's um a lot of people out there who talk about taking a digital holiday taking a break which i know isn't always possible um but i think something we need to be really intentional about and questioning how are we using these devices um, and how can we maybe decrease the time that we use them? I, I agree. I mean, in the 1990s, when the internet got popularized and it was mm-hmm. kind of like sold as an information superhighway, and it was really great. You can kind of surf on, you know, gateway computers or you know yeah. different things, and it's kind of like, oh, actually, maybe now, you know, in the 2020s here, we're taping this podcast. Uh, maybe we don't want to be on the informa- information superhighway all the time. Yeah, there might be times we want to enjoy nature, want to be present with other people, connect mm-hmm. in the present moment. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. Yeah. 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 I think about like times when I get into an elevator with people and everyone's just on their phone. Right. Right. And it's just so different than maybe, you know, being present with those Or even just there. trying to have conversations with, with, you know, family and friends. Yeah. And, and just, I mean, <laughs> not to, not to say specifically, you know, but, yep, yeah. but I, I think that, that, or, or even just, they're trying to talk to, to us, let's say, and then, you know, yeah. maybe if we're on our phones, right. Yeah. That kind of thing. So. The big thing with these devices is that they increase dopamine. They mm. they are addictive, mm. and the platforms are created to be addictive in some cases. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So it's recognizing that and figuring out how do you how do you manage that for each individual person for yourself. Um. I know that I have like the time limits on some of the apps, and sometimes I'll just click past them and say, yeah. "Oh, ignore for now." I'll do that you know? too. I'll do that too. Um. Yeah. So is it fully deleting those things? What purpose are they bringing to your life? 
and really, you know, evaluating that. Let's talk about the melatonin dopamine axis because mm-hmm. we know that a lot of times with those phones, they have the blue light, they suppress the melatonin. So one way we'll get around that often is we might put FX on our computer. We might put some sort of like wear blue blockers and things like that. Yeah. But it sounds like if EMFs increase dopamine, we won't be able to get beyond that. So even if we're trying to preserve our melatonin, that increase in dopamine is going to increase that adrenaline. Yeah. And, and then we won't be able to fall asleep. Exactly. Even with that blue blocking. Exactly. Technology. Yeah. So sleep is a really big area. And that's one of the first places that I tell people to start is creating a sleep sanctuary mm-hmm. in your home, um, mm-hmm. decreasing the EMFs in that in there as much as possible. So let's get into the nitty gritty on that. How do we decrease that EMFs and, and um, in our ho- house, you know, we're trying to yeah. get more sleep and create that sanctuary. Yep. Yeah. Um, yeah. So let's start Yeah, with around sleep. Definitely. So one of the first things to help people turn your Wi-Fi router off at night it's really easy to do. Um, I have a clicker with mine where I can just press off in the morning. I can turn it back on. So okay. it makes it okay. really easy. Okay. Um, look in, 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 you know, in your bedroom. I try to take take the phones out, take yes. the tablets out, put them That's in me. another room. Yeah. Um, you just want you want them away from your head while you're sleeping. All mm-hmm. of those things will impact the melatonin. Mm-hmm. Um, the other thing I tell people is what's plugged in around you because different than um, EMFs, but it is dirty electricity, which still can have a biologic impact. Okay. Um, so these might be alarm clocks, they may, may be lamps, but even just unplugging these things at okay. night can make a difference. Kind of like the more the more we know, the, 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 the more we realize we need to protect ourselves and our loved ones from, from these different, you know, EMFs, dirty electricity, et cetera. Yeah, yeah definitely. Yeah. Um, so um, back to the brand of the EMF, uh, not the EMF, the, the Wi-Fi clicker. Do you have a certain brands that you like, or is it easy to just find on, on Amazon or something? Oh, yeah, you can yeah. get those super cheap. Mm-hmm. Yep, it's just a plug with you know a clicker that can come. Got with it. it. Okay, yep. we'll have to go into the Wi-Fi and order that then. Yes, <laughs> just... yeah, it makes it easy. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. Um, any resources that you have um, for learning more about EMFs? Um, where where can people learn more more about this kind of thing? Mm-hmm. Um, so a few different places. The Environmental Health Trust is one resource that I've loved. They have, mm-hmm. you know, a really great collection of research, but also kind of pamphlets, things that are easy to read, things if you want to share with family and friends yeah. um, to utilize. A lot of what they talk about, though, so um, just to mention some of the other things to help mitigate exposure. So sleep is one really important aspect, but Distance and time is your other thing. So most people don't know that, you know, keeping the phone on their body is actually never what they were intended. Yeah. So anytime my phone is near me, it's on airplane mode. Yeah. Using airplane mode is a great tool. Okay. Okay. Um, all of your, all the different antennas in your phone. So your Wi-Fi has an antenna, your cellular has an antenna, Bluetooth. All of these are admitting EMFs. Um, so turning those off if they're not in use. So if you're not using your Bluetooth, just click that off. Um mm-hmm. Putting your phone in airplane mode if you're going to be putting it in your pockets, things like that. Is airplane mode versus turning the phone completely off different? Um, it may be a little bit different, but it's still better. Than, Much better than, yeah, yes, got it. Yes, those antennas are not admitting. So we've talked a lot today about, you know, the dangers of EMS, uh, potential health hazards of EMF. Um, what are some of the lifestyle or even nutritional factors that might help us with sensitivity to EMFs? Um, so in terms of nutrition, well-balanced diet, like we talked about a lot, decreasing the sugar intake is a huge part in that as well. Um, there was actually one study completed where they looked at cell phone exposure um, on a conversation for 50 minutes, and they found that 
glucose actually increased in the brain, so it was able to cro cross in the blood-brain barrier. Oh. Um, so just increasing potential risk for future neurodegenerative yeah. diseases, things like that. So, so decreasing the, or rather, I guess, increasing the leakiness of the mm -hmm. blood-brain barrier? Exactly, okay. yeah. So we don't want to eat pastries and then have a, <laughs> like something like that. Yeah. Makes yeah. me think of those internet cafes, right? Yeah. Go to the internet cafe, get a little pastry, Yep. A yeah. sugary coffee, that's probably not good. Yep, so decreasing those okay. things is really important as okay. well. Um, other lifestyle things is, you know, kind of how I was mentioning before, how are you using your phone? Um, are you using it in ways that are most beneficial to you for, mm -hmm. for your time, for, for your mental health as well, all of those or things. Or you playing Candy Crush or something like that. So, yeah, yeah, um, definitely. Yeah, yeah. Um, other things that I wanted to mention too, um, specifically about like wired um, headphones and Bluetooth, things like that. So I know that AirPods are really popular, but I do try to educate people and that they may not be the best thing for our health. Um, so those earbuds they connect to each other and then okay. also to the phone um, so you're getting a large amount of radiation and specifically across the brain cross triangulation of the emfs yeah exactly and the other thing you've mentioned before um to our, our staff to our team especially is that um not trying not to talk i think um on the phone when you're in the car can we talk about yeah. that <laughs> yes. i knew that was a favorite topic here so yeah so there's a couple of different things with the car so one as you're driving your phone is constantly pinging trying to find the next cell tower as you're driving and the other thing with the car is the metal frame really does create kind of a conductor to increase that frequency the okay. potency of that frequency okay um so yes yeah it is good if you can put your phone on airplane mode while you're driving, or at least try not to use it. Download the things that you want to use okay. while you're driving. Um, let your friends and family know that you're on airplane mode so they're not nervous about where you are. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so that would be one thing. It's kind of a philosophical thing, too. It's almost like um, this idea of, you know, a amazing convenience, that the, this technology of the cell phone even, yeah. let's say, and, you know, we can know where everyone is at any given time, Yeah. right, versus versus do we want to have that on all the time? I mean, mm -hmm. that's that's sort of where that convenience and health thing kind of, kind of um, that relationship uh, needs to be clarified a lot yeah. for people. Yep. Um, Dr. Deborah Davis, she's the president of the Environmental Health Trust, and she talks a lot about how, you know, early on phones, they were for emergencies, and it kind of does create that sense of emergency. It creates that sense of urgency that we need to take care of this now. This text message needs to be answered now, this email. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But maybe it's not so urgent. Maybe we're not always in that sense of emergency or urgency, but can just be present. So um, let's talk about jewelry now, since uh, this is a, a podcast about jewelry as well. Just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> so I believe there's some EMF um, necklaces and pendants and, and also maybe covers on cell phones and, you know, covers for computers where do you where do you stand on these kind of uh, you know in terms of efficacy or mm -hmm. is there any research on efficacy for these kind of radiation blockers to try to mitigate mm -hmm. emfs so there's two different things that you mentioned there so one is shield shield devices. Shields, okay. so there are devices out there like pads for the laptops which i know we use here at cih right. um, that can protect your lap if you are going to be using mm -hmm. a laptop with it on your lap mm -hmm. um, the other devices that you talk about like harmonizers or necklaces they don't have as much research behind them um, I, I know some energy workers who truly feel like they do make a difference. So, you know, 
they yeah. potentially could. Um, but in terms of using a, a reader, like actually reading the EMFs, we don't see the difference. Oh, OK. Sense. I was going to ask that. So so yeah. you, you've tested that with mm-hmm. some different things. Yes. Got it. OK. Ah, darn it. I know. Wish, I wish that was the case. I wish it know? was that easy. Yeah. 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 yeah Are there any kind of plant-based um, either foods or, or supplements or something like that that might be or other supplements, I guess, that would be helpful with helping with detox and, and things like this? Yeah. So there's a few supplements that do have some research behind it. So one is magnesium. Okay. Magnesium okay. Can, can help to support the um, calcium, voltage-gated calcium channels. Mm, okay. um, so to slow that influx of calcium down. Yeah. So making sure the magnesium levels look good. Um, melatonin is another big one. So you can't out-supplement the melatonin that you produce naturally. Um, so again, mitigating your exposures as best you can, but supplementing with a little melatonin can be helpful. Um, I think we've learned a lot in the past couple of years how important melatonin is as an antioxidant. Yes. Um, it has a lot more um, beneficial biologic impacts other than just sleep. Yes, so it's part exactly. Of that. Yeah. Um, and then omegas is another big one. So making sure that your omega-3, omega-6 levels look good. Well, you said when you can't out-supplement melatonin, do you mean that supplementing with melatonin will not... Um, inhibit the endogenous production of melatonin or so no it won't inhibit your natural right yeah natural production um i guess what i'm saying is if you can't just do all these things and take melatonin and say oh i'm okay i'm covered right Um, definitely that endogenous production is so important i got it okay yeah Yeah, we never want to use supplements as the primary thing that's a good take home yeah one thing we, we could think about, too, with the magnesium, since you mentioned that, is the Epsom salt baths, you know? Yes, yep. Uh, you know, because, um, A, you can't really take the cell phone into the bath. <laughs> yeah. Right? It's gonna get, don't get electrocuted, <laughs> so please don't do that if you're listening out there. Um, and, you know, I think that allows people that also that magnesium is, as well increases GABA. Mm-hmm. So that's going to be a nice, calming way to kind of balance that nervous system from the, the whole day if someone was, say, sitting at a computer working or yeah, exposed absolutely. to EMFs, you yep. know. Yeah. yeah. Um, there's topical magnesium creams, too, which can be great if people don't tolerate the oral. Okay. Okay. Yep. Yeah. So that, those are really good. Um, well, EJ, uh, thank you so much for coming on today to talk about EMFs. I know it's a big passion of yours, and I think it's a really important and I, I would say under underrated, um, under-recognized um, toxin, and it's something we should all be really kind of getting more more information on, and, and probably, um, I would say, advocacy as well. Mm-hmm. Um, let's talk about advocacy for a sec. So I know you said there's the Environmental Health Trust, Deborah mm-hmm. Davis, and I think others as well mm-hmm. that we've had on our webinars. Um, is there anything we can do as either consumers of of EMF and technology, as kind of citizens of the earth, et cetera, um, with advocacy for EMF guidelines to make them, to improve them, et cetera? Yeah. Yeah. So ultimately how we use these devices sends the biggest message to the tech companies yeah. and creates those the laws that are going to be put in place. Um, things are definitely moving at warp speed faster than the research is coming out. Um, mm-hmm. With the 5G rollouts, we see the commercials yeah, on TV yeah. all the time. So I think the biggest thing that you can do is to know what's going on, get involved. Um, there's a great um, website. It's called Americans for Responsible Technology. Okay. Um, they list every state on there with local um, organizations that nice. are working to protect laws. So I know that Montgomery County, where we are, they have the Coalition for Neighborhoods, yeah. too, and that's one of the big ones that worked on 
um, the legislation that you were talking about mm-hmm. to make sure that the towers were placed a certain distance away yeah. from the home. Yeah, yeah. Our, our county is, is pretty into that, which is nice. Yeah, yep. Um, the other thing that I wanted to mention is there was some recent research on, um, you know, forest bathing, uh, Sharon Yoku, which is a kind of a fancy term for, you know, forest bathing, like getting out in the forest yeah, and how that's so helpful for physical and emotional health. Mm-hmm. And, and so we know that, you know, one of the things, the benefits of getting out in nature is, is obviously, you know, interacting with the plants and, you know, connecting with the earth and grounding and all these things. Can you speak to sort of like grounding or earthing and how that could be a possible antidote to EMF exposure? Yeah. Um, well, one, you put the, put the phone down, which is <laughs> yeah, great. Yeah. You stepped away from all that technology. Unless you're, use... you're you know, taking selfies all the time, then I guess that could be. Yes, yeah. unless your phone's coming with you. I highly right. recommend a walk in nature without. Without a phone. Any okay. of those things with you. Mm-hmm. Um your family know where you're going yeah you'll be okay all this or put it in the backpack in yeah. case you need it yeah maybe that kind of something thing. like that yeah um but yeah definitely those things i mean the earth has very powerful antioxidant has p- very powerful energy yeah um and when we step out into nature we get the benefits from that i think that's something people don't necessarily realize is that the earth's crust has these antioxidants mm-hmm. that kind of well up from it and create these negative ions and that's actually more powerful than any multivitamin yeah. that we could ever take yeah even though those can be helpful as well yeah they can be but yeah but yeah. that's the earth is our multivitamin right? yeah in a way yeah. <laughs> yeah. um and and you know for for forest bathing too um it, it's something where a lot of people are kind of enticed by sort of the technology of emfs and how convenient it is but i think a lot of people have probably forgotten about about nature and and getting outside and things like that yeah especially now that you know with with the pandemic and just being being in a lot our world went so inward so quickly right um and i think especially for kids it became this big inward shift especially having school at home they started spending a lot of times on computers and i think the kids are who we need to protect the most Mm, because we have we don't have as much research on them. We know that their skulls aren't as thick as the 6'2", 220-pound yeah, male yeah. that the regulations were originally set for. So definitely decreasing their exposure, putting those tablets on mm-hmm. airplane mode, you know, download Limits on whatever. screen time and yeah. stuff, too. Yeah. Um, what is one thing you wish everyone knew about EMFs? One or two things. Hmm. <laughs> There's a lot of things I wish that people knew. I think just the legislation piece of it, um, getting involved in the communities and just understanding how quickly these things are rolling out, maybe without complete research backing. Um, And I think the other thing I wish people knew is that your wireless headphones are not good for you. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. I've seen a lot of people with those. uh, And they're so convenient. And and I I understand that. um, But I think the long-term risks just... uh, so those um, air tubes would be better, yeah, that connects the phone to your ear, mm-hmm. like through a physical wire. Through a physical yeah, wire, yeah. Yeah, and, and just if you could speak to the, the Ethernet cables, I know you had, we had talked about that before yeah. we started taping. Um, if people don't want to use Wi-Fi and they want to kind of n- limit exposure a bit, I, I think you can set up, people can set up sort of wired uh sort of a cable way to kind of get internet without without being exposed as much yep so yeah you can use your wi-fi router um they the environmental health trust actually has great kind of resources on how to go about doing that that. so i definitely would take a look at that but yeah Mm -hmm. you can wire and you know connect via ethernet to your computer turn the wi-fi off and you know so you're decreasing that exposure that you're getting every day 
Maybe. The other thing that people can look at that I, th I think you told told me about is the Faraday cage. Mm -hmm. That's something that even if you have the Wi-Fi on during the day and you still want some internet connectivity, yep. you can actually put a little metal cage there over the over the box. Yes, right? which does help to reduce the exposure. Exposure yeah. as well. Okay. Yeah, All right. there's. I mean, it's there are uh, devices out there where people can measure. Um, you know, RF meters where people can measure the frequencies. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, they're more readily available now and easier to use. So if you are interested, I know Safe Living Technology is one that I really like and I've used before. Uh, for the RF meter. Mm -hmm. Got it. Okay. Yep. Yep. Got to gotta check that out. So uh, EJ, one one question that, that I think this, we haven't asked this one before, but it's interesting. Um, health and wellness on a budget. So what is one thing under $20 that you think has changed your health for the better? <laughs> this question made me laugh. I Because being in this space, I try just about everything. Just to yeah, see how yeah, it all yeah. works. And so, I thought through it a lot. I was like, what is something that I bought? But at the end of the day, I think for me, for my health, the best thing that I have is a notepad and a pen to write a to-do list. Yeah. Because I think it just, it allows me to get what I'm thinking onto paper, clear my head, and organize myself for the day ahead. Nice, nice. Yeah. So it doesn't have to be complex. It doesn't, right. yeah. And you can actually put your health and wellness goals on there as well, right? Yeah. Things like exercise. Oh, everything goes on there. Eating. Even things I've already done. Eating. <laughs> So I can cross them off. You get credit for it. Yeah, <laughs> that's great. I'm going to do 10 things and then write them down and cross it off. I love the post-it notes for that reason. Yep, I do yep. that kind of similar thing. Yours are much more in-depth, much more organized than mine. But um, yeah, that's really great. But thank you so much, Edia, for being on here today, um, providing this great episode on uh, EMFs thank and you. how um, you know we can really um, improve our health by uh, mitigating exposure, but also by just knowing that it's there and, and you know doing things to... Uh, to balance, you know, our, our systems out with them. How can listeners learn more about you and work with you? Yeah, right here at CIH. Nice. Yep. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> awesome. Well, great. Thanks so much, EJ. Thank you. Thank you for taking the time to listen to us today. If you enjoyed this conversation, please take a moment to leave us a review. It helps our podcast to reach more listeners. Don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss our next episodes and conversations. And thank you so much again for being with us.